I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, Episode 14. This is the Spirit of Revelation, studying Doctrine and Covenants, Sections 6 through 9. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a Come Follow Me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. Alrighty, so my husband has three of our kids at the store. It's my birthday next week. And uh, he took them and the baby's sleeping. So I thought, let's record the podcast. Um, So we're doing it. Okay. So let's look at um, Doctrine and Covenant section (laughs) six, um, verse two. And I love this verse. I feel like one of the things that's very clear is the fact that God is clear. Confusion is not of God. Um, And I think it's in these verses or in these sections that we're studying as well, where it talks about um, you study it out in your mind. And if it is not true, right, if it's not what you need to be doing, um, then you will, you'll have a, a stupor of thought, right? And I always think of confusion as a stupor of thought. Um, and so this verse, I think especially shows the nature of God as being very clear. Um, it's very sharp, very clear. And I think sometimes the world is very confusing. And so it leads us to believe that God is confusing. Um, I think human beings have a tendency to make things more complicated than they have to be. And Heavenly Father is always like, no, 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 no. We're very clear. This is what you need to do. His word is like a sword. It's quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, right? Very, very clear. Um, and then um, verse 4, same section. Um, God appreciates work. You don't have to wait to be asked to work. You don't have to wait until you're told to work to work, right? You can see a need and fulfill the need. And by seeing that need and wanting to fulfill the need, you are called to fulfill the need, if that makes sense. Um, And then the one I really want to talk about um, here for a second is section six, verse 16 right? This idea that God knows our innermost thoughts, our innermost desires. Um, I remember hearing one time, Satan only gets in if we let him in. Um, But God has access to our hearts and minds all the time. And that's necessary in order for him to be a perfect judge. He has to know what's going on in our hearts and in our minds, um, as well as on our out outer actions, right? Especially you think about people who, um, maybe can't communicate, um, in a way that man sees as clear. Um, or you think about people who struggle to like, uh, I'm thinking about specifically in the book of Mormon, there's, I want to say, is it Moroni? talks about being very, he has an easy time speaking, but he has a hard time writing, right? And that how sometimes we can miscommunicate what it is that we want to say, especially me. Um, I'm, I'm really good on paper, 
right? Like I can sit there and I can write something very clear. Um, I get comments a lot of the times on my posts that, oh man, you just put into words things I just couldn't say in a million years. And that's because I can write it out and look at it and be like, no, that's not exactly what I want to say and edit it and edit it and edit it. But as you'll notice from me talking, from my speaking, I stumble a lot. I tend to, um, a lot and I can't, my brain moves so fast. My mouth can't always keep up. And so I think it's so important that Heavenly Father can see what's in my head. He can see what's in my heart and he knows the intention and the spirit with which I'm trying to communicate, even if the words that I'm using are really awkward and kind of stumble and don't communicate that same spirit that I'm trying to communicate, if that makes sense. Um, and on that same note, um, look at... If you haven't already picked up a copy of Revelations in Context, highly recommend it for your study of the Doctrine and Covenants. If you haven't picked it up and you don't think you're going to, you still have access to that through the app. I want to say it's on the app. I'm 95% sure it's on the app. If it's not on the app, it is 100% sure. I'm 100% sure it's on the website. Um, so check that out. Um, because when you read verses 20... Two, still section six, 22 through 23. Um, this is to um, Oliver Cowdery. And he had prayed. Let's see. I have it here. Do, 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 do. Okay. So it talks about, there's a section in Revelations in Context where it talks about Oliver Cowdery's gift. And it says after... He had hung out with the Smiths for a bit. He had heard about um, what happened with Joseph Smith. He wanted to know if this was true. He prayed about it. And it says, Oliver needed to know if such wonderful things were true. He prayed. A peace came to him, convincing him that God had spoken and confirming the stories he had heard. Um, and from my understanding, he didn't tell anybody about this. So then he's struggling again. And he gets revelation, and this is what we find in uh, section 6. And it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, this is verse 21, 22. Um, verily, verily, I say unto you, If you desire a further witness, cast your mind upon the night you cried unto me in your heart, that you might know concerning the truth of these things. Verse 25, did I not speak peace to your mind concerning the matter? What greater witness can you have than from God, right? This idea that Heavenly Father knows us and he, he, Oliver Cowdery hadn't told Joseph Smith about this particular interaction. And so when he received this, it was just a further testament to him. This, for me personally, I think this makes me think of my patriarchal blessing um, the stake I grew up in, in Hawaii was pretty large. Um, our stake conferences were massive and I never met the, um, patriarch, the stake patriarch until literally the day he was giving me my patriarchal blessing. Like he lived on a different part of the island. He was in a completely different ward. I never ever saw him. I didn't know anything about him. He didn't know anything about me. And yet, oh, 
tap the microphone. And yet when I went and got my patriarchal blessing, he talked about things that were very close to my heart and things that were very specific to me that I knew that it was a testament to me that Heavenly Father was speaking through this man because this man didn't know anything about me. I had never met him before. My parents didn't know him. Um, and I will always remember his name, though, August Lowe. <laughs> I see it every time I read my patriarchal blessing. Um, but I just love this idea that Heavenly Father knows us, and he knows our hearts, he knows our minds, and he he's a very, very, times infinity, very <laughs> aware of us. Okay. Um, and then the next verse I want to talk about, actually we're going to jump back a little bit, is section 6, verse 22. I love what Christ says. I am the light which shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Let's talk about comprehend. Naturally, I busted out my OED and looked it up. So it's a verb with two meanings, to grasp mentally, to understand, or to include, compromise, or encompass. And so if we look at um, to compromise, or to comprise, not compromise. To comprise, it means to consist of, to be made up of. To encompass means to surround um, and have or hold within, to cause to take place. And so I love this idea that, because I think sometimes I think of comprehend immediately as to understand, right? So Christ is a light that the darkness just doesn't understand. Um, I think because I'm a nerd, I think of Harry Potter, right? We know Lord Voldemort does not understand love, right? That's like one of the big themes throughout the whole thing. That's why he's defeated in the end is he just doesn't get love. Like he doesn't understand why that would be a motivator for people. And I think about it in the same way that Christ makes these choices and he makes these sacrifices and Satan's like, I don't get why you would do that but that's dumb, right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't understand. The darkness does not understand. But I also love the image of encompass, right? Let's trade it out. So it is, I am the light which shineth in the darkness and the darkness encompasseth it. <laughs> and I can see why he didn't use that word. Not, right? He can, he, he cannot, the darkness cannot encompass Christ's light. And it means that it can't, no matter how much it feels like it sometimes, no matter how much, how heavy and all-encompassing the darkness feels, it cannot, physically incapable of encompassing and completely surrounding or holding back the light. It can't do it. It's not capable of it. And I love that. And I think it's something for me that gives me a lot of hope in times where I'm feeling a lot of darkness and I'm feeling that weight of it. And I just remind myself that as long as I am holding as close to Christ as I am capable of, I will have access to that light and I will be able to hold off the darkness. Okay. Um, and then section six, verse 32. Again, Heavenly Father is very aware of us. Um, I think... <laughs> I wrote down Horton Hears a Who, <laughs> um, because when I was reading this, I thought of, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the show, but basically in Horton Hears a Who, guys, we're getting real geeky today. In Horton Hears a Who, they're all these tiny little Who's that live on this little speck, and they all have to scream together, we are here, we are here, we are here, right? And in order to not get boiled by the crazy kangaroo. 
Okay, if you haven't seen it, go watch it or read the book. It's great. It's a good one. Dr. Seuss. Um, but we aren't like that to Heavenly Father. We don't have to in, gather in mass and scream, we are here, we are here, we are here, for Heavenly Father to hear us, right? We can gather in groups um, where two or three are gathered together in my name. Um, behold, there I will be in the midst of them. Okay? And I... I want to just add that I don't think this means that if you gather, I'm putting that in quotation marks, as a group of one, that he won't be there. I think what, for me, what I understood this to mean is this idea that if you want to gather in a group, if you want to meet in a group, the group number determined in order to have heavenly father's presence in order to have the presence of the holy ghost there doesn't have to be big it can be two people it can be you know i've i've heard of um people being like well i don't know how to have family home evening it's just me and my husband or it's just me and my wife right and um and it, if you're gathered together in his name and even if there's only two of you it still counts okay um and i think of henry v we few we happy few we band of brothers. So looking at section six, verse 34, I love fear not little flock. Um, I just love that. And I love that we often talk about Christ as a good shepherd, right? And I was talking to my husband the other night and I was saying, you know, he's not just a good shepherd. He's like perfect, right? We all know that Christ is perfect. He's a perfect shepherd. Um, and still he loses sheep. Right? And it's not because he's not a good shepherd. We know he's the good shepherd. We, he's the good shepherd. Um, but sometimes sheep still make dumb choices. Because, <laughs> let's be honest, um, humans, sheep, not always the great decision makers. Right? <laughs> At least this little sheep is not. Okay. Section 8, verse 2. Um, I love this verse. And I feel like as long as we're looking to Heavenly Father in Christ for guidance we're, we're going to be okay, right? If we start getting off the path, if we start, um, wandering off, we're going and we're trying to listen to the Holy ghost. We're going to be warned. We're going to be okay. Um, and then I wanted to read a, um, quotation by Julie B. Beck from, and upon the handmaids in those days, I will pour out my spirit. This is a talk from April, 2010 conference. Um, I wasn't married yet when we watched that general conference. My husband and I had not gotten married yet. So she says, because personal revelation is a consistently renewable source of strength, it is possible to feel bathed in help even during turbulent times. And I just, I love that so much. Okay. Very quickly, plan of salvation. Um, there is one of the other talks that the Confalmi recommends reading is Desire by Dallin H. Oaks from April 2010 or 2011, excuse me. Um, and I seriously read it. It's so good. Um, I'm going to read a couple of quotations from here. He says, let us remember that desires dictate our priorities. Priorities shape our choices and our choices determine our actions. In addition, it is our actions and our desires that cause us to become something, whether a true friend, a gifted teacher, or one who has qualified for eternal life. Um, in section six, verse eight, um, 
if you desire it, so shall it be, right? In section 7, verse 8, you shall have both your desires and find joy. And then if you want kind of background on that, read verses, um, same section, read verses 4 and 5. But all of this, I love this idea that we aren't just judged on what we're capable of doing. We're judged also on what our desires are, right? Like there's so many times in my life where I've been like, oh man, if I had this much money, right? If I just was like abounding in wealth, I would do this thing. Like I have this idea for creating, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's this, this huge, big dream that I'm just not capable of achieving right now. But if I had that money, oh my gosh, what would I do with it? Cause I have these huge desires. And for me, it's such a blessing knowing that I won't be judged only, I will be judged, right? I, but I won't only be judged on what I'm capable of achieving, but I'll also be judged on the desires of my heart and what I would achieve if I had the means to do so, right? And I also feel that if your desires are driving you, Heavenly Father is going to bless you to be able to fulfill those desires. I also think that desires are a really important part of agency, right? If we didn't desire things, we wouldn't have choices to make. Um, okay. And then on that same kind of note, I want to read another quotation from Julie B. Beck. She says, a good woman knows that she does not have enough time, energy, or opportunity to take care of all the people or do all of the worthy things her heart yearns to do. And I think it's that same thing as I was saying before, right? That sometimes we want to do all the things, but we're just not physically, emotionally, financially capable of doing all the things and we just have to make choices. Okay, and then the last quotation I want to read here is um, from Be Not Troubled by Ronald A. Rasband, October 2018 General Conference. He says, if we actively trust in the Lord and his ways, if we are engaged in his work, we will not fear the trends of the world or be troubled by them. That's another talk I highly, highly recommend reading. Um, but it goes along with verses uh, 33, 34, and 36 in Section six, um, again, it's the fear, not little flock, uh, verse 36 is, um, look unto me in every thought, doubt not, fear not. Um, I've always loved that scripture. We have no reason to fear as long as we are trusting Christ, as long as we're following him to the best of our capabilities, um, we have no reason to fear. And then application, I just wanted to say that I feel like ultimately we just need to do our best and sometimes our best is not going to look like other people's best um and sometimes the world seems really big and heavy and scary especially with things that happened in 2020 the things that have already been happening in 2021 it just seems like the world is getting bigger and heavier and scarier and i the come follow me also recommends reading esther four, um, and I second that recommendation, um, particularly verse 14, where it says, who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I love this idea that we were made for this. We were made for these times. We were saved for these times, right? Um, I think a lot of the times we have this desire to live in times other than when we do. 
um, my nerd coming out again, I think of Frodo saying, you know, I wish the ring had not come to me and Gandalf saying, you know, so do all that have to deal with this kind of thing. Everybody that lives in these times, everybody has this same feeling, but I know that when we endure well, we endure with patience and we put our trust in God and in heavenly father, we will be okay. And that we are made for these times. And as long as we are relying on them, we can do it and we will make it through this. And I will talk to you next week.